Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. Today, we have a powerful episode, and somewhere in cyberspace is DJ Mike Rez. Hey, what's going on, Dags? It's uh, DJ Dogecoin Millionaire. Yeah, I, I was going to call you a billionaire, but it goes up oh, and down. It's up now. <laughs> I know. It's uh, having another crazy week. Where it's up and then down and then it's back up. We're almost at 40 cents. It's crazy. Sweet. Welcome back, yeah. old listeners, old G's, and welcome new listeners. If you are new, new to G's. this, yes, the new G's, the Kenny new G's. <laughs> if you are new to this powerful podcast, what it is, is a powerful pop culture podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z, Alpha to Zulu. Get ready to rock and roll. On today's episode, we are going to talk about Netflix show. The last blockbuster about the actual last brick and mortar blockbuster video store. Also, we have a powerful 80 song of the day, and we got a ton of other stuff to talk about. Mike Rez, clowns are back in the news. Yes, at least here in Minnesota. Yeah, tell the fans of Flock of Amish, what's the latest with killer clowns terrorizing neighborhoods? All right, well, let's go back uh, and remind the Flock, uh, those crazy... Whoop. We call them crazy clowns or killer clowns. I don't think they actually killed anybody. They uh, should have, though. People just, I think people should have killed these clowns. Oh, my goodness. Powerful. Um, I know. That's a strong take by me, by the way. Now, when you were a kid, did you think clowns were funny? Were you afraid of them? Indifferent? What are your worldviews on clowns? I was indifferent on clowns growing up. I, I didn't care if they were there. Didn't care if they weren't there. We always went to the circus, so clowns were always around. So I wasn't too freaked out. I have a lot of family members that are freaked out about clowns. So how about you? How are you with clowns? I don't know. Were you more a fan of Barnum or Bailey? Who did you like better? Oh, man. Uh, I was probably more of a Ringling Brothers. Oh, Ringling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ringling my dingling. <laughs> now, clowns, I don't get clowns. They're not funny. They're not scary. They're just dumb. They take balloons and they twist them into grotesque shapes and throw them at you, and you're supposed to like them. And you take yeah, them home. They and confetti everywhere, too. Oh, they, do they have confetti? They used to. Yes. At the circus, that was like one of the big acts was they pretended to throw water on somebody, but it was just a bucket of confetti. Oh, I thought that was the Harlem Globetrotters trick. I think that's where they got it from. <laughs> Is it? Powerful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never got into clowns. I don't get them. I all I can think of is like it and John Wayne Gacy. So not a fan oh. of the clowns. John Wayne Gacy, creepiest kids birthday clown ever. But I I did like that uh, clowns uh, shakes the clown movie. With, shakes the clown with Bobcat Goldwaith. Oh, <laughs> have you seen that? It's uh, coming back to me a little bit. I'm I'm picturing like a drunk clown. Is that what? 
Well, that's like a stereotypical. Yeah, that's a stereotypical yeah. uh, drunk clown, but it's powerful and it's got Robin Williams is a mime in there. It's it's hilarious. Oh, Christ. You got to see it. <laughs> Shakes the clown. Never thought that those two uh, made a movie together, but now I know. And it's cool because they, they have the different, the clowns are all ranked different, you know, like the mimes and they're like the wimpy ones. And then there's the clowns and then the, <laughs> the toughest ones are the rodeo clowns. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, all right. So let, let's talk about these crazy clowns, killer clowns. We've got, uh, so they started what, 2016, I think is when the sightings first started, like across the world. It was like this crazy, crazy thing. And then, of course, you've got the dawn of the cell phones that happened many years before. But now everyone's got a cell phone, right? And now these crazy clown sightings are coming up and some people are staging some of these. And and it's hard to tell which ones are real and which ones are fake. But Dags, in the last couple of weeks, we've got more clown sightings here in the great state of Minnesota and uh, more, more specifically Annandale, Minnesota, which is... Not too far from St. Cloud, if the flock know geography. Yeah, why is there so many dales in Minnesota? That's a good question. It's, uh, we like our dales. By the way, you used to perform in Chippendales, correct? Oh, yeah, exactly. Where do you think Magic Mike came from? Yes, exactly. You came up with that. Hell yeah. Did I get any any, uh, credit for it? No. Well. Chaining Tatum. Yes. Yeah, so we, uh, we've got some more sightings here in Minnesota with these crazy clowns, and, and the police are on it. They're asking anybody who sees one or knows of anybody who's doing it to report them, and uh, we will see what happens. As I just saw the story this morning about this, uh, and it looks like it Friday was the official announcement from the Annandale Police Department about it. So they've been on it since Friday. Now, is the Joker, is he a technically a clown? Good question. I don't know if he is or not, because Harley Quinn is dressed more of a, as a jester, correct? She's a Harlequin. We need clown nerds to tell us, and make sure you tell us on Twitter, at Amish B Machine. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Amish B Machine. Check us out on Instagram. Check out our powerful YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Enjoy us everywhere. Also, like her, DJ Rez. Bitcoin billionaire and fans flock of Amish people. We do have powerful merch. We're going to need you to buy. Please help support an indie podcast. We are an indie podcast, but we are willing to sell out. Please check out our merch links available everywhere. Amishbabymachine.com. You go on Twitter, Instagram link will be in the bio. We have powerful merch. We're going to need you to buy it, purchase it. Tell a friend, you know, if the flock wants to help, help us sell out what they could do. One of the easiest things they can do is they can go to Apple podcasts and rate and review us. The more we get of those, the more the algorithm picks us up. And then the corporations that want to help us sell out notice that. Yes, please. That's a great idea. Thank you, Mike Rez. Please go You're to welcome. Apple podcast and leave a review. Five star review is the highest you can leave. Please write a little something, something. And also wherever you enjoy Pop Culture Podcast, we are available. We're available everywhere. Make sure you leave a review there also. Mike Rez is, it is true that unfortunately you got to do the algorithm game. You got to play the game. You got to do it. But if you do it, you're going to do it and do it well, Mike Rez. Do it, do it right. Take yes. your time. Do doing it, right. it. Yep, doing it and doing it well. And Mike Rez, what's up with Tom Brady and his new look? <laughs> the uh, The weird... 
weird character from a movie look, comic book movie look. Yes. Now you wear hats. You're into props, right? Yes, I love props. How many different hats do you own? I probably own close to 10 or 11 baseball caps, and I only wear about three of them. Okay, so do you display them? Do you have a little uh, shelf you put them on? They're on a shelf, but they're not displayed. They are in the closet. Uh, oh, you're in the closet. The okay, closet. Yeah. all right. So that's just where I, I stash them. There's yes. no, I don't need to display my hats. Some no. people do. That's dorky. So are they all well-worn? You say you only you only go through about three, and the rest just stay there? Yeah, the three that I wear constantly are, are well-worn. The other ones I pull out, uh, depending on where I'm going. Like if I'm going to a wild game, I have a wild hat. I have a Timberwolves hat for Wolves games, that kind of stuff. But there's a couple that I wear constantly while I'm working around the house or going to work. There's one I wear to work. And uh, actually, I, I the one I wear to work is usually the one I wear till that one wears out. And then I rotate another one in so if, if anybody in the flock has like a company they want to help you know get some advertising for if they got a hat they want to send i'll probably display that at work yes we are always looking for cool hats for micah res to wear now do you have any like weird hats like do you wear like a fez or a sombrero or a beret i used to have a sombrero and you know i never wore that out, but I, I that was the one hat I did display. I, I did hang my sombrero on the wall when I had that. That's cool. Yeah. Now let yeah, me ask it was you like this: authentic Mexican yes. sombrero from Mexico, and you are a Mexican. That is correct. Mexican yes. Amish, to be yes. precise. Powerful. Now I want to ask you, uh, Prince. He wrote a song, Raspberry Beret. Now, how come he, an? He how, did. Yeah. Now, how come an ice cream joint never came out with a raspberry sorbet, and they could just play that song? Ooh, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, probably because they didn't want to get sued if they put any any type of yeah, now marketing with, around Prince. Now with the Prince, you know, the, what do they call the family, the legacy? The estate. The, the estate, thank you. Now the Prince estate can come out with raspberry sorbet. Yes, they can. You're welcome. I think they should. What if they did? And they could sell it at Paisley Park right at the end of the tour. <laughs> like, you might as well get some raspberry sorbet. Do you enjoy the raspberry sorbet? I don't mind raspberry sorbet. No, if it's nothing I, I go and search for, but you don't uh, go out of your if way. It's available. No, you if it's available and I can, it's there. Sure, I'll, why not? Let's eat it. You don't Leonard Nimoy in search of raspberry sorbet. No, powerful. Now, Mike Rez, <laughs> let's let's now that we're talking about music, let's get into the song of the day. Song of the day. Now I went way back to the ultimate. The year when the world peaked, 1984, 1984, for this powerful song. Mike Rez, tell us a little bit about it. Were you able to dig up much on it? I was able to find a little bit about the song, more about the album itself. But let's tell the flock we are talking about. It's This is kind of a deep cut, uh, Lie to Me by Depeche Mode. Yes. Now, this came off of their album, Some Great Reward, which was their fourth studio album which came out in 1984. Now, Some Great Reward had a like a DVD documentary that came out in 2006 because they remastered that album. Uh, and so that's, and I think that's the, the version you sent to me was the remastered version. And then uh, I actually found the official music video that they created from 1984. And the remastered version sounds so much better 
<laughs> than the original, which I'm glad they went back and remastered it because I, I honestly have never heard of this song. So this was uh, new to me. Good. A lot uh, listening to it. So, but it had some very strong synth tones to it um, and some great, some great drum beat, almost like what a cowbell type sound to it. Yeah, isn't it? One thing I like about Depeche Mode is their unique beats. What's, yeah. What's cool about them, you know, everyone does, you know, they think all oh, electronic. No, they used to like throw stuff down the stairs, I heard, and just record it and then loop it. Yeah. So, you know, you think a lot of stuff, oh, it's just pre-made synth beats and all that. No, they actually, they looped a lot of stuff. I mean, they, they made it the hard way. And that's why I like them. They have the coolest beats, you know, like you think people are people and just really unique beats and the synth and. Isn't that a haunting song? It is. It's uh, it's, it's a nice song. I mean, like I said, I've never heard of it, but uh, it's it's one that that could get into my Depeche Mode rotation. So people are people are on that same album, and that's probably the one that the flock uh, heard the most from that album because that's the one that got the most commercial airplay here in the states. I'm not sure how many songs off that album got airplay in England because it's always so different in, from country to country. Yeah. Which one? Uh, gets more popular but uh there's uh, a couple of quotes i found from some of the members at depeche mode martin, martin gore uh, was talking you know about lie to me the song uh he said that he didn't know if they made the best version that they possibly could have done but they like the version that came out even though they knew they probably left some <laughs> left some uh, i don't know what you call it some some music on the editing floor or whatever they could have probably done it a couple more times to make it sound better uh, but that was what they had. Uh, Daniel Miller's take on it said that he thinks that it was one of the strongest songs that uh, Mar- Martin Gore had written up until that point. And Martin Gore said that uh, this was the first track that he ever used that chord uh, change on. And then he overused it over the years. So he liked what he did on that one so much that he tried to redo it on a lot of other of their songs that he wrote. Yeah, and the lyrics are simple but cool. Come on and lay with me. Come on and lie to me. Tell me you love me. Yes. Say I'm the only one. Yes. Some critic wrote that uh, the whole album of Some Great Reward was anti-love songs. And Martin Gore said that he would argue that it was that lie to me isn't anti-love. It's more about situational paranoia. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Deep, huh? Yeah, there was a lot of paranoia songs in the 80s. You know, who can it be knocking <laughs> on my door? Right. Somebody's watching me. Right. Every step you take, you know, I'll be watching you. A lot of paranoia. It's probably because that was like when the hardcore drugs started hitting the music scene, probably, right? No, I wouldn't say that. I just, maybe it's, uh, maybe it was the geopolitical stuff going on in the world. You had the Cold War. You had a lot of jazz going on. Now, the, the critics themselves, they kind of were, looks like the lowest rating they ever got was like a three star. Uh, but they got a couple of four stars, one four and a half. Uh, they got an eight out of ten from Smash Hits. So it's kind of all over the place. Popmasters gave it a ten out of ten. Apparently, back in 1984, Popmasters was one of the biggest critics that uh, could review your album. So I was just kind of looking at the charts of how the album did itself. And in, uh, I think, Germany, it peaked at number three which was the first yeah. uh, or the highest that they got. The U.S. Billboard 200, it ranked 51. I'm trying to find our favorite one, and I don't see it. Right Hot here. 100. 
the hot 100. It yeah. made it, uh, it made it platinum though. Like Sweet. In the US. Yeah. It just, it's kind of weird. It would go platinum, which is over a million copies sold, but it only reached number 51 on the Billboard 200. Are you familiar with any of the other tunes on there, like uh, Master and Servant or Blasphemous Rumors? No, just People Are People. Yeah. That's you know, the other one. You should probably pick up the record. Blasphemous Rumors. Yeah. It's a long title, just because Blasphemous is a long word. Yeah, it is. Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, so maybe it's a sequel to that. Powerful, no. Seriously, though, you got to check that out. It's a great album. I, I love Depeche Mode. You know, they're kind of love it, loved and hated, but you can't deny they got sweet beats. No, I like Depeche Mode. And that synth on there is so haunting. I liked how they, they wrote that song for those uh, that Gap commercial. That was, that was perfect. <laughs> Just can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, they nailed that commercial. Yes. <laughs> Never wanted khakis more. Yeah, it reminds me of like the ministry. They were uh, They were a real poppy synth and then they got real dark so Depeche Mode always wanted to get you know industrial and dark but I, I like their upbeat songs and I like their darker stuff didn't yeah, they go dark like do a whole darker album near the end well yeah they always started to get you know they were kind of you know whatever wave you want to call they didn't use wave back then but you know new wave no. like, you know dark wave and industrial yeah. they're in there somewhere but I like them but this it's, was like uh, I think what they, they call electro pop is what this is uh synth pop and industrial is what wikipedia says but somewhere i saw it said electro pop i don't yeah. know if electro pop was used back then no i mean they they didn't have all those genres back then it's kind of like uh star wars when they made up all these bullshit backstories i'm like george Lu- lucas didn't have that going on in his head back then you know they just make it all up no and they do that well, with- that's what the First from the, the first movie to the second movie was definitely he had no plans for that. No, and they do that with comic books. They do it with everything. So, so those those titles and all the genres of music, you know, that was just shit that came later. Yeah, what well, they just called it pop music back then. That's yeah. all it was. Was just everything was pop. Yeah. So but, or rock and roll. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they had R and B, and they called it rhythm and blues, and it used to be country and western, and it just went country. Rock and roll, rock. It was just rap. It wasn't gangster rap or trap music or whatever they could. Yeah. All the different. Uh, yeah. Everything is sub sub genre. Yes. Mumble rap and synth wave, yeah. dark wave, dream wave, retro wave. Vapor wave. Yes. Wave. So. They should have wave wave where it's just about songs about waves, like tidal waves and tsunamis and. I just heard about an internal wave. Have you heard about that? No. We're, you know, we're obsessed with subs and everything on this show. The most powerful right. podcast ever created. I heard about that Indonesian submarine. Did you hear about that sinking? I heard bits and pieces. I heard they, uh, the only thing I really saw about it was that they found debris and that then they found it on the bottom of the ocean or the seafloor. And it was in like a couple different pieces or something. I yeah. don't know much more about it. We'll try not to go too far off on a tangent, but that's what we do on this <laughs> powerful podcast. Yeah, they think and it, they heard about it. I heard about an internal wave, like it goes through the ocean, and it just pushed down on the sub. They think, and so uh, there's just a wave. You know, the, the water is just this big, massive thing, and they have currents and all this crap going on, and you know those rip tides and all those. They think there's some weird one, you know, in the depths wave that just took it and shoved it down. 
interesting is this yeah. like just one wave or is this like just any taken if the conditions are right i don't know i mean it's just... waves are cool man i mean uh like they have those rogue waves big giant waves that that's what took out the poseidon and the poseidon adventure yeah have you seen a rogue wave in real life no but i did see a gnarly katrina and the waves concert in the 80s i i should think up a joke <laughs> <laughs> i'll edit in a funny a wave joke nice yes no but waves are cool and the ocean's cool and we love it all and the most powerful podcast ever created so i'm glad you enjoyed that song mike Rez. yes i actually i listened to it three times just to to make sure i could dig deep into it because you said when you hear a song that you don't know and you kind of dig you're kind of like oh I'm, let's listen to that one again yeah it's I mean, like music can be like movies to me dags where you watch it you know you can watch a movie the first time and be entertained and then you watch it a second time and you pick up something you missed. And that's what I do with music sometimes. I listen to it and then I listen to it again because you hear things you didn't hear the first time. And like the the cowbell type uh, drum sound they have in that song. I didn't catch that the first time, but I caught it the second time. Oh, yeah. Ding, ding. Yeah. Yep. And the, the bass on there, that. And then yeah. it's got that, that haunting, like I said, synth and then that weird hi-hat sound you know in the beginning yeah no was am i crazy or did the did you listen to both versions the original and then the remastered or just the remastered so i heard the original back in the day i haven't okay. heard the original recently i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to it tonight and i'll okay. listen to the remastered the thing with remastered I, is sometimes they they mess with the song does it sound close to the original well, that's what I was going to say. So you have homework because yes. I, it, I feel like the remastered version, the intro, the instrumental intro is longer than the original. Oh, so okay. So that, yeah, that doesn't, that, that doesn't stuff. bug me too much for me with the remaster. All I want them to do is clean it up. But a lot of times these bands, they'll, they'll read totally redo it and they lose the whole feeling of the song. Right. You know, it'll be like, if it's some, uh, you know, the Jenny by Tommy Tutone. I heard right. a, a re, uh, remix of that or remastered, and it just lost the whole raw guitar garage band feel of that song. I'm going to have to try to find that. Yeah. So I, I'll listen to this in, in the original, and I'll listen to it. You know, I probably have it on vinyl somewhere. I got boxes everywhere here in the barn, but but I'll listen to at least the, you know, the YouTube version, and then I'll okay. listen to the YouTube YouTube version of this one and see what i think get back All to right. my careers get back to the fans of flock of amish i'll hit you guys up on twitter at amish b machine or on our next powerful episode now my careers let's get into the last blockbuster this was actually a, a quite entertaining documentary i wasn't quite sure what i was getting into well but... he, here's the thing the, re the reason i picked it is because i mean this show, we, we, we love to think, look back, you know, nostalgia, retro, vintage, whatever you want to call it. So what's better than a video store, videotapes, DVDs? Right. Yes. So tell the fans of Flock of Amish what the show is about, and we'll get into it. All right. So the last blockbuster, uh, you can tell by the title, is about the very last blockbuster in existence anywhere on the planet documentary was released in 2020 it is available on netflix so if you have netflix and you haven't uh, watched it yet uh i suggest that uh after this episode is over you go and watch it uh, it's very interesting they have uh 
a host of B-list celebrities <laughs> in this uh, documentary, which kind of makes it a little bit more interesting because uh, they're not just talking to like the owners and then the people from Blockbuster and this general manager that's still running this store. They're actually talking to celebrities that either worked at a Blockbuster in high school or as they were trying to make it big or worked at other movie stores uh, as they were growing up. So they have their insights as to how movie stores have made them feel. They actually talk about the history of the mom and pop stores and then how Blockbuster kind of came in and swooped in and took over the the world, basically, and how they uh, were able to kind of manipulate the system and get the movie studios on board to kind of help them become the conglomerate they were. And then they talk about how it all went wrong. And that was actually pretty interesting because the only, the the story that I heard was the net, just the Netflix side of things, how Netflix was the one that played the role, but it seemed like there was a lot of, a lot of guys doing their best to screw things up, not intentionally, but they just, I don't know if they if they just didn't realize how what their customers and their and what were wanting or what, but they they drove the the company to the ground, Dags, and uh, it's all explained in this in this great documentary. What did you think about Lloyd Kaufman, the Toxic Avenger dude? <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to understand how and why he's in there, other yeah. than just being his goofy self. That you know, whatever the 112 seconds with Lloyd Kaufman was all about. Because that was my favorite part. Because because the rest of it, to me, I love the topic, but it was I thought it was just a pretty mediocre documentary, even though I loved you know all the topics, right? And he was such a character, and I wanted to know if do you think that was on purpose or he really started acting up? And they're like, yeah, we can't handle it. We're uh, millennials. I think it's that. I think they just couldn't handle handle him, uh, which is why you know they they kind of treat him the way they do in that documentary but he he was i guess they didn't know they must not have known much about him well that, like he calls him out on yeah exactly because then, i think that's why he acted the way he did and then at the end there's like and that's just about enough yeah and and that's and that it bugged me because it seemed like you know the news or local news will do some story on oh the last you know blockbuster but they don't really they're not really hardcore fans they don't right. know a lot so like this dude you know I mean, that's his whole thing. You know, he's Toxic Avenger, Tromeo and Juliet. You know, he's a quirky, weird dude, makes weird yeah. movies. So, like, what did you expect when you're going to interview him? Right. I actually kind of liked it. I liked that he called him out. And you could tell that they were, they didn't, they were like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's on to us. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I wonder what they, what they thought, you know, cause I'm always, I always think everything's on purpose. But so you think that really, caught him off guard and they just decided, Oh, we'll just leave it in there. And, and pull- I do, I, I kind of, I pride myself into kind of knowing when things look staged and when things are staged, it drives family members of mine nuts because they think it's real. I'm like, that's so freaking staged, you know? But, uh, no, I think that was hundred percent genuine. Cause that, that was my favorite part of the show. <laughs> it actually did make me chuckle. I, I found myself. So this documentary is only 86 minutes long. So Perfect. It's not the, yeah, I mean, it's typical, you know, reminds you of like the early 80s movies, you know, into the mid 80s, you know, an hour and a half was a long movie. But this is, it, it's long enough, but I 
I would stop to get up and get another beer or something and I'd hit pause. And I thought I was watching it for a while. I'm like, oh my God, there's still an hour left in this. What else could they say? And, you know, then they would just keep talking. It was kind of, it was interesting. It kept my attention throughout the whole time. I don't think I, I got bored once. Uh, the only time I got up was to get more beer. And every time, like I said, every time I stopped, I was like, there can't be much more. And I was like, oh my God, there's another 45 minutes. <laughs> it's like, what else could they say? Yeah, you I know, think they, I think the actual topic of the last blockbuster, they stretched it out. I mean, that story is it's kind of cute and everything, but I kind of liked all the the history of it, everything that has to do with it. So the actual right. story, they could have cranked that out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. They did a good job stretching it out to 86 minutes. Um, but it was uh, it's quite interesting. I like how the one dude in there, and I can't remember his name. I think he was the, the film critic or whoever who lives in Bend, Oregon, uh, where this last blockbuster store is that he said it's not surprising that Bend, Oregon would have the last blockbuster because they had just gotten rid of the, they just had the last Radio Shack closed like a year and a half ago. So that's awesome. they, they still had a Radio Shack in that town. Yeah, to me, I like the mom and pop video stores. See, Blockbuster to me was the ultimate like corporate thing. You know how they made the popcorn and they made everything the colors and you know they did all the research to, right. oh, we got to have the right colors and the right point of purchase, you know? Everything, the planogram, the store laid out. Oh, yeah. I yeah, like yeah. suggested yeah, exactly. purchases at the end. Exactly. You know, like in the grocery store where they have the dairies in the back, so you got to go through the maze of the store to get there and you hopefully buy other things, you know? Right. Basically, they're all laid out the same. I like the mom and pops. I like the, you know, the shithole video stores. And that, to me, that, and my problem, too, is back then I saw every movie. I went to the movie theater and watched every movie. So I didn't rewatch a lot of movies. And any movie that I didn't watch, I probably didn't didn't want to see it on video. I like the weird unrated movies. Like to me, they talked about, you know, the back room. They didn't have the back room. <laughs> right. So for us, the poor man's porn was the unrated horror movies. Because <laughs> you know you were gonna get some out of that when you looked at it and said, unrated nipples yes growing up we like going to we didn't go to see a lot of movies uh in the theater so the movie store was where we we did a lot of our hanging out getting stuff uh even as kids hanging out with buddies and friends and stuff so uh in this documentary a lot of the celebrities would talk about renting movies and going to their friend's house or whatever uh what did jamie kennedy say they would trade them in class and in school we used to do that in high school and and in junior high all the time too we would rent a movie on a saturday and then like on monday we would trade him with the buddy who had a different one so and then we would just you know do that all the time what did you think of the actual quality of the movie like the lady doing the voiceover i thought i mean it sounded amateur it could have been done without because it's funny because they have her so that was uh lauren uh lapkus i think is how they pronounce her name it has her down as the narrator and what did you hear her four times, five times? I mean, she wasn't really narrating. She was just kind of like doing a fake news story type thing. But yeah, they, they could have gotten rid of that. But it would have been just fine. You know, my idea was they talked a little bit about that date night, you know, the DVDs. Right. My idea was a 15-minute DVD. Because that's the old thing, you know, you get over, you know, you want to watch a DVD. And now, you know, now the kids, it's Netflix and chill. Back right. back in the day of the DVD or the 
VHS. So my idea was the 15 minute DVD. <laughs> Cause you're going to turn like that, you're going to turn that off anyway. Right. Like if you, if you made it this far, you're not getting any dude, just <laughs> stop trying. <laughs> they should put that screen on there. Did you go with your family? Or did you go with friends when you guys, did you guys hit, did you have go to blockbusters? Did you have, what were they video updates or Mr. Movies or what was around your neighborhood? It started off as the video update. Uh, we had a video update near us. Um, and then, Blockbuster moved in and video update went went away and it was then it was Blockbuster and that's where we would go and there was a there was a Mr. Movies by a friend's house there wasn't one by where I lived but there was one by a friend's house that that I grew up with so we would hit Mr. Movies on Fridays uh, all the time and I was over there but as as I got older and started having kids actually it was funny because my kids just brought this up I don't know, about a month ago about their memories of me bringing them to Blockbuster every Friday uh, growing up. That was what we did. We would, is, uh, we would, I would come home from work and then we would hit Blockbuster and we would come home and I'd make dinner and the the boys would not watch what my daughter got because my daughter was young. So she always got like the new Barbie movie or whatever princess movie <laughs> that she wanted to see at the time. So then I would sit down and watch one of those with her and then the guys, the boys would watch, you know, whatever they picked out of teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever they got. So, yeah, that was. Uh, so as we got older, we spent more time at Blockbuster, or at least when I got older. So what were your go to movies? Did you get new releases or did you get into the horror movies, the comedies, sports? What did you gravitate towards? It was always new releases first. And then if they didn't have anything interesting, then it was growing up when we were at like Mr. Movies or some of the other, the smaller mom and pops that we grew up by. And it was like the three amigos or the Caddyshacks, Spies Like Us. Yeah, Spies Like Us, classic. Uh, bachelor Party. I mean, just, you know, stuff like that. It was like the Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, Tom Hanks type stuff. What did you get when you were, when you would go other than the non-rated horror movies? I like the weird... <laughs> I like the weird horror movies like Extro. Have you heard of that? No. Extro? Yeah. Check out Extro. One of the finest movies ever made. Yeah. I liked 976 Evil. I liked heard of all, that one. Yeah. All the weird horror movies I liked. I like Hellraiser, the Witchboard. What about Critters? Did you like Critters? It wasn't bad. I mean, they, no. they did that back then where they'd have like gremlins and, you know, that's popular. So we're going to make critters and instead of goonies and ghoulies and i was gonna say yeah. about ghoulies yes <laughs> yeah well then there's tremors too yeah so they got on kicks and i liked and i still do i like b movies you know that's why i was hoping that lloyd kaufman they would talk to him more because I, yeah. I feel they should have gave him more respect <laughs> because there's a whole like the blockbuster like i said is way too corporate and and everything the popcorn and the, the candy and everything is you know too clean i i like it sleazy video store you know kind of like in that movie clerks you know just this dumpy yeah. thing and you know that's where you discover you do the deep dives and you just discover weird movies that you haven't seen or some weird you know some weird polish horror movie or something like that 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 to me interests me you know not uh not some over the top you know mass-produced hollywood movie the usa network back in the day they used to do usa up all night Yes. Uh, and like Friday night was like Rhonda Shear. Exactly. And Saturday night was Gilbert Godfrey. Yes. And they would always play a B movie on those. They'd play one or two a night, you know, and they would host, you know, 
go to commercial and then they go to Gilbert Godfrey and he'd do his or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He was doing. Uh, but it was usually like you sound like Bobcat there. Hey, thanks. Uh, some <laughs> B movie, horror movie, or like some really terrible action movie. Oh, you know? I love that. So I just remember watching those too. Those were those were a good time to to stay up and watch movies. Oh, the old Dracula movies, the Hamer ones. I don't know if you ever saw those. No, I don't think I did. Yeah, they were really cool. I'll have to I'll have to make an ultimate list, a playlist. We'll for movies. To, yeah, we'll have to share it on the powerful social media, Twitter at Amish B Machine, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere, Facebook. We do also have a powerful YouTube channel. We are going to be making new videos. We've been on a little hiatus because Michael Rez has been busy making billions of dollars in the Bitcoin world. That's right. Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum, or however yes. you say it. I know I just pissed somebody yeah. off. So yes. So I just Powerful. I just did it for that. Yeah, but I do need to make an ultimate list because I, I love those B movies. I love horror movies. I like we were talking the sexy horror movies. They're funny. They're campy. They're just fun to watch. So if you're going to rate this powerful documentary, what are you rating it out of five buggy wheels? I'm going to give it three and a half buggy wheels, but I'm, I'm going to change things up too. I'm going to go with uh, probably four late fees. Oh, wow. Well. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Yes. Now what's the How deal? about yourself? I'm going to give it a three. Okay. But the subject matter is fun. The The, the show itself is not good, but, it just gets you to think and remember back, but the right. act, the actual the the movie itself is yeah, whatever. I found it uh, interesting when they started talking about uh, how Blockbuster started taking over the world. Yeah, it was it was weird how the you know Netflix and and how you thought you know streaming, but it was actually just a perfect storm. Right. You know, stuff happens. You know, even now with the pandemic, you know, who knows? You know, what businesses are going to thrive and survive? And now I looked it up. And the store in Bend, Oregon, uh, is open Sunday through Thursday, ten thirty to eight, and Friday and Saturday, ten thirty to nine. So if you're in Bend, Oregon, want to rent a Blu-ray or a DVD, you got till like nine o'clock on the weekends. And yeah, eight o'clock during the week. And if you guys live out there, take a picture and tag us on social media at Amish B Machine. I'd oh, love. That would be I'd, sweet. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Now, what's the deal with Kevin Smith and his clothes? I mean, I mean, it's cool he lost all that weight, you know. But, but he didn't he, change his wardrobe yeah, can size. He, well, can he resize his clothes? You would think he could afford to get that jacket tailored. And I'm pretty sure he's got shoulder pads in those. Yes. In that uh, jacket. But yeah, it, he looks like a kid in oversized clothes. It bugged me the it whole did. time. The whole, his whole, uh, I am joking, but I do love his movies. Clerks was fantastic. Mall Clerks, rap. uh... I love Clerks. Now, Mallrats is good, and it's not just because they filmed it here in Minnesota. No. I mean, I love Mallrats because of, I mean, I love all the characters. I, I like, <laughs> yeah, I like that it was filmed here. I like the whole comic book, Stan Lee. No, it was powerful. Clerks is amazing. A little black and white movie, or, you know, the amount of money and what they did and the limited, you know, funds and sets. And that was a great, great show. Yeah. It, uh, he, he does make some entertaining flicks. He just, looks weird no yeah. <laughs> powerful well thank yes. you mike rez for another powerful episode 
on the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. We just ask you one thing, my friends, listeners, old listeners, please tell a friend. We need to spread the word about the world's most powerful podcast. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.